What does it look like to have a marriage by the book? We hear so many versions of what our current or future marriage should look like from our friends, our parents, our Instagram, our TikTok. But what would it look like to apply what God's Word says about marriage? How could the Bible transform the way we live today? What's up, Grace Live? Help me welcome the first-time guests in the room and online. Welcome. Glad you're here. All right. Hey, first step is today after this service. It's, it's right after like 15 after 12. You get a chance to find out more about who Grace Life is, what we're about. You get a chance to hang out with Pastor Jimmy. You get free food. You get a free babysitter. It's like date day, date night. Lunch you know what I'm date. saying? A lunch date. That's right. A good one. That's right. So in case you don't know, this is my wife, Lane. I didn't just meet her outside. Yep. Hey, everybody. Elaine. Yeah, just to help you out, Clark, Kent, Lois, Lane. Not right. Lois. Not Clark. Yeah. Okay. But it helps to yep. remember. She, as you can tell right now, is drop-dead gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> got yours. Oh. Oh, she's lost, lost a packet. Accident. I got it. I got it. I got it. We're yep. good. We're Beautiful, good. elegant. Okay. Classy. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. That's good. One more. Smoking hot. Oh, yeah. Can't leave that one out. Can't leave that that's one right. out. It helps to go last because you, know, you right. get all of that. So that's, that's right. That's cool. Enough of the silliness. We're going to pray. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to come with smiles on our faces, with our eyes wide open. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You want to speak to us. You want to share with us the Word of God. And you don't want to just share it just words, what you're saying, you want to share with us how you're saying it. You don't, you don't speak to us in a condescending voice. You don't speak to us with a sarcastic voice. You don't speak to us with condemnation. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You speak to us with a voice of love, joy, Peace. When you laugh at us, it's not a laughter of derision. It's a laughter of joy. You find, I don't know, I don't know how you do it, Holy Spirit. I don't know how you do it, God. You, you find joy in your relationship with us. Thank you. May this time be full of you, what you're saying and how you're saying it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're so thankful for the opportunity to share our lives with you right here and, and for the joy that we get serving God at Grace Life with you. Thank you. Yeah. We yeah. really do love you guys. Yeah, we really do. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. I'm going to wear my glasses this time and see if it okay. helps. Any. <laughs> marriage part three, week three, marriage by the book. That's what we've been talking about. In week one, Pastor Jimmy and Ramona shared with us from 1 Peter 3, a, a section of the Bible that's very controversial, uh, very countercultural to the world we live in. It was amazing. They did a great job uh, talking about the word submission and what God thinks about it, not what the world thinks about it. It was amazing. If you didn't catch that, please go back and get that two weeks ago. 
And yep. last week was um, Ephesians 5, and Eric and Lonnie taught us about love and respect and how healthy the understanding of that is for our marriage and for any relationship, actually. Um, and Kent and I have, we've read the book, we've been through the video series multiple times, yeah. and every time I would be like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be <laughs> doing that. So it was, it's some really, really good stuff in there. So if you missed that, then go back and catch it. Um, they did a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, you guys ready for Valentine's Day? I'm we are representing. One... That's right. I, I got oh, some socks. Yeah, she got me some socks. socks. Yeah. <laughs> Camera, get that? No? Oh. <laughs> Valentine's socks. That's right. We, uh, you have a story to tell. Oh, yes, I Yeah, do. tell the story. So this is February 13th. So 43 years ago, we got engaged on this day. Yep. So. That's right. Hey. <laughs> It's 11 11. Ooh, alignment. Ooh. <laughs> one, 36, 34 years ago, I got down on one knee. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was 11. 43. 43. Not you, you, bat, you flipped it. Oh, I did. Yes. F sorry. 43. 40, 42. 43 years ago, I got down on one, <laughs> one knee. I remember looking up at her. I was 12. She was 11. And <laughs> I said, we were in college. Yeah. So here's the story. Um, we got married, I mean, we got engaged on In a the fever, third. hotter than a pepper sprout. <laughs> okay, on the 13th of February, 1979, um, the reason it was on the 13th is because the 14th, he had an interval basketball game. And priorities so of were way we off. Have a date on that day. My, my priorities were messed He's up. He's gotten better, so that's good. Yeah. So on that day, um, I, for his uh, Valentine present, I got him some boxer shorts, some modest boxer shorts with pink yeah. and red hearts like all over them. And there was this little wind-up heart like, like this that was plastic. When he opened the box, it went ba-boom, ba-boom. My heart beats for you, it said. And he, for 43 years, he's been doing that. He'll uh, sometimes walk by me and do it, and I know exactly. It's sweet. Exactly. But, you know, so I'm like, I, I got it. 43 years. So yeah, that's yeah. cool. So, okay, so the 14th, we'd had class that day, and um, so I was meeting him at the, at the game. So I went to the game, sitting with my friends, and I looked down, and the guys are down here, his team, and I'm like, where is he? And then here he comes in all his glory with those Valentine boxer shorts over his basketball shorts. That's right. And wore them the whole game. I was, I like, was oh, hot. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't miss anything. It was like. <laughs> and you saw him, I mean, at the whole game. And I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> this mild, chill, kind of laid back guy. Sometimes he can really just be crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do like the element of surprise, right, Jimmy? I, I do like the element of surprise. I, I used it a little bit in our wedding uh, rehearsal, rehearsal on our wedding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, when Lane would walk in, when the music would start, you know, we're rehearsing and they'd play da 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 or whatever, you know, and she'd she'd walk in, I'd boom, I'd fall over like I fainted. <laughs> <laughs> and and the second time I did it, um, or third time, it might have been he did third. it I multiple times. I can't remember how many. <laughs> anyway, her mom leaned over to her and said, "He's not going to do that in the wedding, is he?" <laughs> and I was like, "I, I don't." I mean, he might. You don't he know. You might. never can tell about me. I'm like out there. He didn't, thankfully. I know she was really relieved about that, and, and I was too. Speaking, so. of, speaking of being out there, 
I, I wrote a song for our wedding back then. I'm going <laughs> to sing for you. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Valentine's Day. Now, you know, be, exercise a little grace toward me. This was the 70s, <laughs> right? <laughs> there are a lot of major sevens and minor sevens in here. And uh, I need to turn. Oh, you're on already. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? Grace Life gave me this guitar. Long time ago. Long time ago. In the beginning in the you guys are so generous. That's cool. You ready? Here we go. I'm listening. Lane, do you remember when I said these words to you? Yes, I do. <laughs> Will you marry me? Will you be my wife? Will you marry me? Start a brand new life. Will you marry me? Let's follow Jesus Christ. Will you marry me and be my wife? You like that chord, Jimmy? Yep. <laughs> Will you marry me? Will you marry me? Will you marry me and be my wife? And you said yes, you said yes. Oh, what a joy that fills my heart Just to think that Jesus planned it from the start When he threw the stars together He put you and me together forever You said yes, you said yes You said I'd be crazy if I said no I'll follow you wherever you go I really did You say said that. yes, you That's said yes, you said yes Now I say I'm gonna love you like no man could ever love you I'm gonna give myself completely to you You know I'm yours forever lane Through sickness, joy, sorrow and pain I say yes Big ending I say yes I say I do <laughs> I do want to marry you I got to do the ending. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Such a ham. That took me back. I've always been a ham. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Such a ham. Thank you for indulging me in that 70s moment. Yeah, I'm not very creative, as you could tell by the words. I think I said, will you marry me seven times in the first three lines? I said, and, she, and you said yes five times in the next three he lines. He asked me one time, and I answered him one time. But you can see That's how the fra those phrases just fill up six lines of the song really well. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to think about it too much. Uh, and to be honest... I think that's what's behind my obsession with quoting Bible verses. I don't know what to do about it. 
I, I just, I'm working on it. I have a long way to go, though. I, I lack a little bit of self-awareness <laughs> when it comes to quoting Bible verses. I think that I can connect Bible verses to everything, but well, they, they don't do. always connect, do they? You do connect them to almost everything. Yeah. Um, and usually those verses <laughs> are true. They're very spot on. They relate to the issue at hand, which is usually mine. So, you know, they can be helpful, but it's just the timing of it that's not always <laughs> helpful. For instance, um, I might be like nursing a hurt or needing to forgive somebody, and he will say the reference. He always says the reference where it is, mm -hmm. and he'll say, remember, the Lord forgave you. You need to forgive others. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and I don't know. It's good. It's, it's, I know it's very true, but sometimes it just would be hard to hear it. I would feel guilty, and then I'd have to work through that and, you know, how, yeah. how that goes. But it's okay. It's yeah. a good thing. It's a good problem to have, I suppose. Well, there's a good side to the dark side. You know, of that. And that is, when I gave my life to Jesus, he just filled me with a passion and a hunger for his word. I couldn't get enough of it. I, because when I would open it up and read it, God would just speak to me his heart. He would speak to me what he thinks about everything. And he, and he would just let me know he loved me just through the words. You know, I just, there was this passion for his word. So, you know, that's, that's a good thing, I think. But anyway... The, the series that we're in, this is week three, the last week of the, the marriage series, and we're calling it Marriage by the Book, the Bible by the Book. And so we, there's that same desire in, in us still, the, the, the team here at Grace Life, for all of us to hear God's word in every area of our life and apply it, to live it. And so we built this series around some instructions, as we've already talked to you about. Uh, these instructions are specific not to marriage, which is unusual. Usually when you go to, and you're here listening to a, a message on marriage, the, it's a section of the Bible that's talking specifically about marriage, but this section of scripture is actually for everybody in the room. It's not written to married people. So we're gonna flip it a little bit. Instead of asking you unmarried people to apply it, we're going to ask you married people to apply this word to your marriage because it applies to everybody, right? We're coming from a, a book in the Bible called Colossians. It's actually a letter that Paul and Timothy wrote, a couple of letter writers in the New Testament. And we're going to start in the middle of the letter to the, the, to the Colossians. Colossae was a, a, a city in uh, Asia Minor and... Actually, Paul and Timothy had never met these people, but they'd heard about their love for Jesus. And he talks about that in the beginning of the Bible. We're going to start in the middle of the, of the letter. So the first two chapters of this, this uh, book in the Bible, this letter, actually Jesus, uh, Paul lays this foundation. Jesus Christ is sovereign king over all. He has created all things. He holds all things together. That's an amazing verse, by the way. He's holding all things together right now. The sun comes up because God, Jesus is still speaking. <laughs> you know, the grass gets green because Jesus is still speaking. That's pretty cool, I think. At the cross, Jesus made heaven accessible to earth and he annihilated sin and death. Okay, that's how it starts. So you ready to jump into Colossians chapter three? Yep. Lane's gonna read. Colossians three, verses one through three. 
Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Wow. I love those verses. Don't you love those verses? Paul says, since you've been raised to new life in Christ. He's referring back to things he's already said in the first two chapters. You know, he, he says, I, you were raised to life when, when I raised Jesus from the dead. We were singing about it earlier. You know, he says, we were dead because of our sins and sinful nature, but then God made us alive with Christ and he forgave all our sins, nailing them to the cross. That is amazing and it's true. It's true to the core. The problem is sometimes we choose to pick up old habits, old behaviors, and that, and they, even though they were nailed to the cross, we pick them back up. So Paul continues in this chapter, and he, he addresses that a little bit in verse 5. Yes, verses 5 through 9. <clears throat> so put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Yeah. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life yeah. was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Yeah. Yes. Those verses could sound kind of hard to us, but I, that's not how he's saying them to us. He's not saying those, those things to us in a, in a condemning way. He's saying those things in a hopeful way. We can take those things off. He's given us the ability to do that. That's what the cross... That's part of what the cross did for us. It gave us the ability to take these things off. So we make choices every day to take off or put to death the earthly, to take off the earthly clothes. And let's give them a few examples. Yeah. Okay, so selfishness would be one. Take it off. We all kind of deal with from yeah. probably more than time to time. But say you're, um, but just ask yourself, do you always go to the restaurant where you want to go? Or do you somehow manipulate it to make sure that that happens? That would be wearing the earthly Or do you propose of, on the 13th instead of the right. 14th? Right, yeah, because you've got to play a basket, basketball game. Yeah. Epiphany. <laughs> I think that's the first time he thought of that. That's right, yeah. Um, also, there's fear. Yeah. Like, fear is a, is a big one in, oh, gosh, a myriad of ways, I guess. But one might be, are you really afraid of that your dirty laundry might get exposed to the light so you keep it hidden and you don't have people in your life that will help you keep it accountable and where you can just confess and just work yeah. through that. So that's being really paralyzed by fear, which is an earthly piece of clothing. Yeah, yeah, or impatience. I, I think I, I don't know how it happens, but when I get behind the, the steering wheel... I get impatient. I, I might have gotten it's it from terrible. Pastor Jimmy. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, 
I drive angry. So it's not angry so much as impatient, but he I... He talks I, about it out loud, though, oh, while yeah. he's driving. What did he do yeah. that for? What, what are they thinking, you know, and stuff like that? It's kind of prideful. Uh, actually, I need to put a sticky note in my car that says, take off impatience. I need to quote a scripture to him. Ooh. Probably would be good. Quote or a scripture he could, to you me. Could quote a scripture yeah. to yourself, even, I could would do, be good. Yeah. That would be I should do a that. good thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not normally an impatient person. But he is. Will you massive. hurry up? Okay. Oh, sorry. Impatience. <laughs> oh, I just got it. Okay. Um, so these verses might be stepping on your toes, but the good news is yeah, Jesus news. defeated this all at the cross. That's right. We don't have to wear the clothes of anger and rage, um, jealousy and pride, sexual immorality and greed. We don't have to lie to each other. So fill in the blank. Whatever you struggle with, and then take an honest, a really honest look at yourself and ask mm. God to show you what earthly clothes do I need to yeah. really take off. And yeah. then take them to the cross and believe that God has, right. has that Jesus done that and that they're nailed to the cross. Yeah. That's actually what we do when we take communion. Mm, this You're is coming good. before the Lord. Say like you um, spoke some hurtful words to your wife even on the way here. You yelled at your kids, or yeah. sometime during the week, you really gave in to that temptation and, and just mm -hmm. were struggling. Whatever you're struggling with, then you can confess it bring and it bring cross. it to the cross because the, he, Jesus died for me, He died for you, all of us, and all that earthly behavior and earthly. So when clothes. we take communion, where you're just remembering, right? We re and that's we bring a place our sin to confess to it yep. there and, and be thankful. Yeah. You know, so the cross really is a place of surrender. It's a place of hope. Yeah. And a real place of freedom. That's right. So. Yeah, and we aren't meant to live these verses that we're reading out. We're not meant to live them out by ourselves. Right. We need each other to live these yes. out. Uh, we, need, we need people that we can trust and that we can, they can hold us accountable. And we can come to them and confess our sin to them. And, and they can pray for us. And we can be healed, set free from something. You know, we need to be able to do that. So important that we do that. Uh, that reminds me of a scripture. Oh, imagine that. Huh. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> James five sixteen says, "Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other, so that you will be healed." Yes, that's a good one. God's word says that. It's the truth. We need each other. Yeah. So, what about you guys? Those times in your life, I've been there when you feel like you have, an, you have a, a habitual habit or you have an addiction that you just can't let go of. You know, you, you, then you obviously need more than just you trying to tackle it by yourself. You need help. You need to go to your life group leader, go to a close friend that you trust, get help. Ask for them to pray for you. Lean into James 5.16. You know, if you, need, if, you really, if you want to, come to the, some, one of the pastors on staff and we'll see what we can do to help you. We'll find, we'll find a way to help you. We'll go after God together with you. You good? Cool? Okay. Okay, so enough about putting to death Whew. and earthly clothes. Man. Now the next verses are about the heavenly clothes, that heavenly wardrobe um, that God gives us. You are beautiful. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so um, this really is 
that's about God's grace. I mean, that heavenly wardrobe that is there, I mean, he has them for us to wear, so we just need to yeah. actually put them on and wear them. Yeah. So that's the next set of verses that I'm going to read out of Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Yeah. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members mm -hmm. of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Yeah, always be so thankful. So that's the wardrobe we're given to wear mm -hmm. that Jesus paid for. It's not that it's that easy to wear, but they're fresh and they're clean and they're just full of life instead of death. Yeah, he's already paid for the clothes. Jesus has already paid yeah, for them. that's right. He's given us the ability to wear them too. Man. That's kind of like, yep. what? Well, I like wearing She butted them. in, right? Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. No. I forgive you. Okay. I, Quick I to forgive. It. That's right. See, he quotes some stuff all the time. That's good, though. That's good. I, I need that. Okay, so I kind of liken these heavenly clothes to workout clothes because they're so comfortable to wear yeah. and there's so much freedom mm -hmm. and movement. They're actually, it's not, you're not all bound up. You can mm -hmm. really do good workouts or, or just really live for Christ in yeah. freedom without bondage, exercise your faith exercise your faith that's a good one that's right <laughs> so earthly clothes equal sin and death and heavenly clothes equal freedom and life real life great bible verses right yeah. man we can they this is good. this is good stuff I like it. if we if we wear these clothes these heavenly clothes in our marriages can you imagine what would happen in our families in our co with our coworkers our, our fellow students Man, I'll tell you what's going to happen. We're going to experience a fullness of joy in Jesus that is amazing, and the world will see it, and people will be attracted to Jesus. That's what's going to happen. So how do we, set our, how do we uh, apply Colossians 3? Let's talk application. How do we actually apply Colossians 3? How do we set our sights on the realities of heaven? How do we think about the realities of heaven? Yeah, you know, we ask, you ask the question a lot. I wonder what heaven looks like. What does heaven really look like? And I think Colossians 3 verse 1 tells us what heaven looks like. It looks like Jesus. Colossians 3 verse 1 says that Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's where Jesus is in heaven. He's a bridegroom waiting on us, the bride. He's in love with us. He can't wait for us to get there, but he's waiting. He knows how to wait. That's right. And he's there in heaven. So we get a glimpse of heaven in Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. He's the Bible made flesh. So we should be able to get a glimpse of heaven right here, right? What we just read is a glimpse of heaven. Cool. Let's cool. give him some examples. Okay. <laughs> well, you can't find it in books and movies. And uh, that's TV right. And that it's not going to happen in the, so. from the, the worldly point of view. 
And um, it's not behavior modification. Nope. It's transformation yeah. from the inside out. Right. Yes. Not behavior modification. It's transformation. Your behavior will be modified, yeah. actually. But it's because it's transformed from the inside. It's because it Jesus in is living in us. Head. Right. Right. Jesus is living in us and out of us. Right. So, a couple of examples. Let's, let's say uh, I'm spending time with Jesus in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit convicts me as I read in the Bible, be humble, and consider others as more important than yourselves. And when I read it, the Holy Spirit convicts me, says, you don't think other people are more important than you. You don't even think your wife is more important than you. You think things like, I'm right, she's wrong. Yikes, that hurts. So you say, you confess. You agree with what God said. Yep, you're right. And then you can repent and you take off. You take it off. You take off the earthly clothes of pride and selfishness. And you put on humility. And then... As you walk in humility with your wife or with your friends, your thought is, what, how did I offend you? What, what can I do to make things right with you? Yeah. Or, let's say, you're reading in the Bible with the Holy Spirit. You're spending time with Jesus, and you read this, these words in Micah 6, 8. The Lord has told us what is good? He's told us. What does the Lord require of us? To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly before our God. And the phrase, love kindness, jumps off the page. Holy Spirit just brings it alive, and he convicts you. He makes you think, wow, I'm not always a very kind person. I ignore my wife, I ignore my friends, I, I'm rude to people, or I am impatient with people, and then I'm rude, and I don't act kindly. And so I confess what God showed me. I repent, and I turn the other way. Yeah. Another one yep. um, that I think is pretty common, especially on social media, is being judgmental. Yeah, that's not um, very kind. It's not. I mean, especially in the last two years. So mm. we need to be careful how we communicate. We need to take off hatefulness, maybe things we post or even things that we think, and those are the earthly clothes, and put on new clothes of, of grace yep. and love. Um, so this happened just a couple of days ago. It's all fresh. You know, it's amazing how those things just come, come in your head and you don't even think that yeah. it's that you're doing something that's not good, you know. So, so we were um, we pulled up and we were parking somewhere, and I looked over and I just I said, "Those people are so weird." And then Kent, at the same time that I said that, he said, "God, I just pray a blessing on those people." And they're a little halo popped up over my head. I know, and I was just like, "Oh, it's I don't know." So, uh, you know, I was convicted. So I confessed, and I was like, of course, yes, I need to not have those kind of judgmental thoughts. 
And then less than two hours later, probably more like an hour later, we, <laughs> we went to Clemson Research Park um, to walk because I've just opened it back up. Well, that was my prayer closet for 14 years. And I mean, I, I went there. I loved it. I've run every trail out there. I know it like the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. And I just, I loved that place. So then when they shut it down because of COVID two years ago, I, I was so annoyed. <laughs> I was just, oh, it, it just, I would just get angry and just mad. And I grumbled and complained and did all no. of that stuff. I did for like most of the time. <laughs> You know, I guess, because I'm like, I just can't even go out there and walk. So they opened back up just recently, and they opened up a very small little area. But I'm like, I'm I hear grateful. complaining in that. I, I'm yeah. grateful. I'm grateful that I can at least go. So we go there, and it was just one of the trails. And the whole time I'm thinking, I can't even go over there to my favorite trail here. And I, because I had specific places I would pray for certain people and things, and I, I got so much life from that. And I started complaining and grumbling. In my head, I did not say it out loud. He didn't know what I was thinking. But I could feel it just coming up, and it just about come out. And I, I stopped, and Thank I remembered. You, and I was like, I don't need to, to voice that. And so I transformed. She took off complaining. And I took off complaining, and I prayed a blessing over Put on the people that managed blessing. Clemson Gratefulness, thankfulness. Yeah, yep. it was... Yeah. So it is possible to do it. It might yep. take a while, but it's... it's That's good. right. So, yeah, I have an, a, a, a similar example about complaining in my own life. Uh, several years ago, several years into our marriage, I started developing an attitude toward my job that was just not good. I was, and I started complaining. I didn't like it, and, I, and I, I think it impacted my family a little bit in that time when I would just complain about my work. And uh, the Lord, you know, like our example, he... He reminded me of Scripture, Philippians 2.14. Do all things, you can memorize this one with me, do all things without complaining and grumbling. Do all things without complaining. Yikes. That's a tough one, isn't it? I love it. Do all things without complaining. And so I confessed it. I realized he's, this is God. He's right. I repented. And I, I said, I'm going to take off complaining. I'm going to put on thankfulness. I'm going to put on rejoicing. God reminded me of another scripture, my quoting thing, right? 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, rejoice always. It says always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I put it on. By faith, I put it on. Not bragging about me. Only the cross of Jesus Christ could accomplish this in my life or your life. But since that time in my life, I have become a thankful, mm -hmm. grateful person. I am not a complaining person. He, do, he doesn't. He because doesn't Because Jesus changed me. At all. He helped me take off the old and put on the new. And it's not like this happens overnight. I yeah. think just every time when that comes to you, when, when you feel the Holy Spirit or just you're convicted, embrace it and, and let it become a part of your life and, and always walk in that. Yeah. Yeah, one, one last example I, I want to really sh I share with you. If you look around at this building, the, the parking lot, 
You look at what God's doing in Grace Life and the salvations. A, a whole bunch of people have been saved this last year. It was like almost 200, wasn't it? Something like that. And just people are getting saved. Lives are being changed. It's because you guys have taken off stinginess or greed, and you've put on generosity. You've taken off the old clothes of greed and, and stinginess and hoarding or whatever, and you've put on generosity. You can see the fruit of people putting on the things of heaven. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's cool. Thank you for that. Thank you, guys. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. You guys online, too. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity. So we started the series two weeks ago. Pastor Jimmy shared a stat with us that we've all probably heard. Uh, divorce rate is over 50% now, and it's really not any different in the church. Um, he shared a couple of funny examples that I want to share with you again. He said, uh, okay, so you go to the skydiving place. You're going to go jump out of an airplane, and they give you your parachute, and they say, uh, this, this works about 50% of the time. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not going to jump out of that airplane with that parachute. You know, or the other one I really liked was uh, you're at a party, and you notice that every other person that drinks from the punch bowl drops dead. <laughs> I'm not going to climb over the dead bodies to get to the punch bowl. Not drinking that punch. To get punch. We're not going to drink that punch. Well, I found this, this stat that just blew me away. Uh, and I want to share it with you. This is the results of a 1997 Gallup poll. Okay? Now, the first one, the first part of this, we've already heard, the divorce rate among couples who go to church re together regularly is one out of two. So going to church won't get it, particularly. It won't change a whole lot. However, this is from the Gallup poll, 1997 Gallup poll. The divorce rate among couples who pray together daily or who seek the heavenlies together, who, who apply Colossians 3 to their life daily. Couples who do that, the divorce rate is one out of 1,152. It's amazing. Think about it. One out of 1,152. Now, if you've been, if you're already divorced or you're, you're struggling Jesus has given us, he's given you words like, forget what's behind and strain, reach forward to what lies ahead, but apply the word of God to your life. Well, one out of 1,152 is a lower percentage than the actual parachute failure rate. That's right. If you go to jump out of an airplane, they're gonna hand you a parachute and the chances of it failing are one out of 1,000. <laughs> the chances of you getting a divorce, if you, if you pray together every day, you seek God together every day, the chances are, of that are lower than the chances of the parachute failing. Oh, my goodness. And why in the world will we not be praying together every day? If we're not, let's do it. Wow. So you see, when we choose to pray together, we're choosing to live Colossians 3. Let me quote it to you, my favorite version. Okay, one more time. If you've been raised, 
If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above. Set your affections, your passions, your desires, your, your priorities. Set them on things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You've taken on the new clothes. They're much more fun to wear than the old clothes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Praying together really is powerful and it's something that Satan absolutely does not want you to do. That's right. So our charge to you would be to swallow your pride, swallow your insecurities and your inhibitions, work through schedule issues or, or whatever. Yeah, whatever it takes. And do whatever it takes to implement that and to work that daily into your life. And I think you will see yeah. a big change in your marriage, yeah. in, in your life in general, whatever station of life you're in. Yeah. I believe that when we pray together every day, we find that the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and, and He applies it to our lives. He changes us. When we surrender our lives, whatever, that, wherever, whatever your life looks like, when we surrender our lives, which would include our marriages, to God, our lives will look nothing like the world around us. Will it cost us anything? Yeah, it'll cost us everything. <laughs> but we get His life. And what a trade that is. My life is like a speck of sand on the seashore. But God, his life is everything. It's everything. It's the whole universe. It's the entirety of everything. That's a good trade, isn't it? I want to read something to you that I wrote down yesterday. I don't want to get it wrong. Do you want all that God has for you? Of course you do. He gave his best for us. He gave his all for us. When he gave us his son, he did that. That's, that's what God wants for us. <laughs> when we say we want all that God has for us, we're saying we want all of Jesus. When I read the Colossians 3 verses about taking off the old clothes, listen to me carefully, I can hear Jesus saying this to us. Do you guys online? I have made all things new. If you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all your heart, I will accomplish infinitely more than you could ask or think. I believe he is saying to you and me, Let's seek God with all our heart. Let's ask God to give us a heart that seeks him. Let's ask God to help us take off the old and put on the new. Let's ask God to teach us how to set our affections on things above. You see, when we ask for things that we know are aligned with his will, we know that he will do it. That's what his word says, right? Right? So let's ask for those kind of things. If we seek God with all our hearts, we are going to find him and our lives and our marriages and our friends, our relationships will look like heaven. Let's pray together. 
Father, we thank you that you made a way for us. You are showing us heaven through your son, Jesus. You made, you made a way for us to have a relationship with you. And it's through Jesus. We thank you for that, God. We thank you that, that your word is clear. You're, you're speaking love to us. So God, I, I just ask you right now to fill our lives, our families, our marriages, our workplaces, our classrooms. Fill it with your goodness, your kingdom. Fill it with our lives as you live through us. Yeah. And God, I want to just give people a chance online, in the room, that don't have a relationship with Jesus, don't have that access to the Father, to heaven. I want to just give them a chance to give their life to Jesus. So right now, if you are one of those people and you want to you make a commitment to follow Jesus and you want to walk into his kingdom, just repeat this prayer with me. Father, forgive me. Forgive me for walking my own way, for doing my own thing. I want to live my life for you. You gave your life for me, and I want to give mine to you. I want to trust you. I want to trust the work you did on the cross, that you nailed my sin to the cross. I believe that you want me to have a relationship with you and the Father, the Holy Spirit. So come, come into my life. Take me right now, God. I give myself to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's celebrate with those.